0: This is the Let's Go Win Podcast with your host, J.M. Ryerson.
1: Hey, hey, what's happening, you guys? Welcome back to the Let's Go Win Podcast. You are here for a Tuesday tune-up, and we have a very special guest, somebody that has become a good friend of mine recently, and he's awesome. An experienced coach and consultant, Paul Kirch understands that success only begins with movement. Through his program, Action Over Analysis, he helps entrepreneurs and business leaders become empowered as he helps them avoid analysis paralysis. In addition, he is a certified behavioral expert, leveraging DISC and Motives assessment tools to help individuals understand what drives their own behaviors and the behaviors of those around them and how to adapt to build better relationships. Paul hosted a top 10 business podcast show, Boss Academy Radio, which led to the founding of Boss Academy, an entrepreneurial accelerator platform designed to give small business leaders and entrepreneurs real business ownership success strategies, also known as Boss. <laughs> this is the Boss. What's up, Paul? How you doing, brother? Hey, J.M. It's great to see you, buddy. I'm
0: doing good. Doing good. Uh, it's
1: always good to see you, man. And, uh, you know, I love... I never even knew what boss stands for because you're just this humble guy that likes to help people. At least that's been my experience. You just like to bring people together and let them flourish. So tell me a little bit about man, how, you know, boss Academy radio into boss Academy, you do these masterminds, you're doing a lot of stuff, man.
0: Yeah. Well, and and it's funny you mentioned the humble thing. Uh, I thank you for saying that yesterday I went through this assessment tool uh, from a company. Uh, they've got a product called uh, Core Value Insights. And, and when the uh, output of that report came, it uh, showed that I was somebody that was uh, uh, very uh, focused on building communities, focused on giving, not necessarily, um, you know, there were certain, certain areas that uh, it described that I was not strong in. I'm like, oh man, that nailed me to a T. So, uh, yeah, so to, to tell you the story, so Boss Academy started in 2014 as a live radio show. I fell into this opportunity at a networking event, and uh, during the Q&A, I'd kind of helped some people that the speaker was not able to help, and uh, it opened up an opportunity because there was a general manager of a radio station there, invited me to have my own show. And so I took on this radio show called Boss Academy Radio, and it was a drive time show in Dallas, it was fun but I wasn't doing a lot of work here locally. And most of my clients were in New York or California and places like that. So I thought podcasting was the next move. So I started moving to podcasting and in 2017 ended up on a top 10 business podcast list. But so everything was going great there, but I was dealing with some personal challenges. I was going through a divorce and had two young kids and I had to make some hard choices. So I put the show on hold for a while, but you know, that, that, uh, I did never left me because I spent 26 years in corporate America really feeling like I never was somebody that had the experience or the knowledge to own my own company, but it was something I always wanted to do. I grew up in a small town in Nebraska, 365 people in my town. My dad taught school. My mom stayed home. we were surrounded by ranchers and people that were, you know, a lot of people on welfare and things like that in my town. And I didn't have entrepreneurial examples. So there was this major fear, this major like barrier of entry. But when I did start my own company in two thousand nine, it opened up this world of opportunities, and you know I found out how creative I was. I found out how how uh, much opportunity there was, and you know I I thought I want to help people that feel the same way I felt. But over time, as I kept growing my business and faced those ups and downs that we all do, I thought I want to help those people that are already doing it but need guidance, they need support, they need uh, a foundation around them. And over time, that's what Boss Academy became. And so we relaunched Boss Academy last year, started doing masterminds. And then now we've got an amazing community that we're building. And it's all centered around being a place where like-minded people, entrepreneurs, small business owners can flourish because they're surrounded by like-minded leaders that are moving the needle. But also we've got some amazing resources that actually help them grow their business. So it's, it's been a fun journey, but it's been one that uh, really started from a place where I wanted to give back and make a difference.
1: Well, being that I've, I've had a chance to be a part of uh, at least a couple of Paul's uh, I, I guess that would be the mastermind uh, segment that that you were so kind to, to invite me to, you know, at no point was there like a sales? It was just like, hey man, you should you should come check this out. And a ton of value came from it. Your approach is so not salesy. And I again I'm a big fan of sales, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But your approach is so digestible. It's so approachable. How have you developed it? And I just have to imagine that other people feel the same way I do because man, there's a ton of value you, and, and it's just, it's gold. It really is. And, and so yeah. I just, I'm curious on your approach brother, because I got to experience it and I immediately was like, yeah, I'll be there. And it was such a cool experience. So how did you develop that? Well, you
0: know, I, uh, I feel like so the irony of, it, if I step back, my first company was a sales coaching consulting agency. And over time it kind of morphed into more marketing. Uh, I have a strong sales background. I was an outside sales rep. I've been a sales team leader of international teams. So I understand the sales world, but I created a program back in, gosh, maybe 2010. It was called Always Be Engaging Instead of Always Be Closing because I feel like sales that is focused on relationships and driving engagement is where you build long-term lasting relationships. If I force somebody or if I pitch somebody to come to Boss Academy and it's not a place for them, they're they're a, not going to stay. They're be not going to be engaged if they do stay, and see they're probably not going to refer anybody to me. And I feel like if I bring people in there that want to be there, that understand it's a place where we can grow and make a difference, that's that's the secret. So. Um, it's, you know, it is a struggle sometimes because you want to be pitching. You want to be like, hey, you got to be a part of this. This is amazing. But if I do that, I think it sends the wrong message for the type of people we're trying to bring in.
1: When you do such a nice job of facilitating, you have this way about you where you don't always need to be the center of attention. In fact, when you're facilitating, very little of it is you. But yet when you speak, people really Pay attention, man. I watch it. I like you you will literally watch people talk and talk and talk. And then when there's this moment, you have this really powerful way about you, even though it's not loud, it's not overbearing at all. But it's definitely that uh, you know, you you, when you speak, you want to listen. Uh, what do you attribute that to, man? That listening skills that you have are pretty. Unique and it's obviously something that I think has served you well. Yeah. A and recognizing opportunities and B, uh, building your businesses. Years
0: ago, I had an uh, amazing mentor. He was a, it uh, was my boss at a market research company. I was sales rep underneath him. I handled the West Coast. He came out on a trip with me one time, and we were doing this tour of a bunch of my clients. I mean, I don't know, we must have seen fifteen clients in about a four day time frame, and. It was an amazing experience. But there was just one client that I knew there was so much opportunity. We weren't getting a lot of business from them, but I knew there was so much opportunity. They had this large project that they were doing uh, through this international provider. And I knew if I could figure out where they were sourcing some of their work that I could actually find a way of breaking through. And so I'd been planning this for weeks and I was ready for this meeting. So we get in this meeting and I'm having a great conversation i asked the right question at the right time afterwards we're out in the parking lot my boss and i standing there and he goes what did you think of the meeting i said i thought it went really good except i didn't really get the answers i was looking for he goes what do you mean he goes well i asked that that question i wanted and she didn't answer it he goes paul she answered it you didn't listen you talked right over the top of her Man, it was like a knife in the heart. And you know, he was somebody I really respected, and I learned so many great lessons. He always had this philosophy of always be a resource, which is part of what has really um, manifested into what Boss Academy is. This idea of let's be a resource, let's help each other, let's grow. But in that moment, when I'm standing in that parking lot, and he asked that he said, "You talked right at the top of her." It was like a freight train hit me, and it made me realize that my worst attribute is sometimes I like to talk, and I still love to talk but I need to stop and listen. If you ask a question, shut up, listen, take it in. And I think that's been something that really transformed me. It was a it was a great gift out of uh, something that at the moment kind of hurt a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's a skill that, it is, a, it's a skill, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Similar to as I'm interviewing you, I'm trying my very best to hear what you're saying at the same time formulate the next question that I have And sometimes you get lost in that. Whereas, especially in sales, just listen. Yeah, There is a moment where you can pause and I promise that that question will come to you. But if you don't listen, then it it would have nothing to do with what you just said. Um, You just mentioned doing another assessment tool. So you obviously believe in in the DISC and the Motives uh, assessment tool, but you're doing it yourself as well. And I'm sure, I don't know how many times you've taken those, but it's fascinating to me. And I love to hear when somebody is promoting or really believes in something, that they continue that work, that they continue to check in. So talk to me about that, brother. Why the assessment tools? What are you getting from that? And, And where did that really come from? Because I've definitely taken them, but I can't say... I can't even remember the last time I did It's probably been a year or two. So I guess I better yeah. dust up on mine. Well, thank you. And, and
0: you know, I, I spent 10 years at the Gallup organization. So in my time in market research, I was very blessed to work for some amazing companies, the Gallup, Gallup being one of them. Incredible environment, but they had a tool called Strengths Finders. And it's something that they ma- marketed out in the industry. A lot of people know Strength Finders. They've taken it, you know, it has this quirky question in there. Do you, um, and one of the questions is, do you have a best friend at work? Which a lot of people always laugh at that question, but that question is really powerful because if you have a best friend at work, what they find is that you are more likely to be very engaged at work, want to stay there, be very dedicated, you know, because you've got somebody that you trust that's there as well. I learned a lot about assessments at that time, but, you know, years later when I was owning my own business, I hadn't really done anything with assessments. And I was uh, going to a Tony Robbins event, and they took me to through a disc profile. And the disc profile kind of nailed me at the time. And I was like, wow, this is kind of eye opening. And it made me see that there's so much potential in not only understanding myself, but understanding somebody else that I'm talking to, you know, JM, you, you've got this amazing personality, you, you know, you're very strong, and you're outgoing. And And if I don't find a way of connecting with you on a way that matters to you, it's very easy for us to not have an engaging relationship. You know, it might have a nice conversation, but it's not going to go anywhere. So I found that the more I can understand about myself, the more it allows me to understand how to relate and connect with others. Because, I mean, I think we all have our weaknesses. We all have our um, challenges. But if we can understand how to capitalize on our strengths, And maybe downplay our weaknesses a little bit. I think it gives us so much opportunity to just be better at engaging and building relationships. I had an uncle years ago that he had a gift. He'd walk into a room and he was one of those people that he'd walk into a room. He lit up the room. Everyone wanted to meet him. He had this just charming charisma. He always remembered people's names and he treated people that were strangers like they were his best friends. And over time, I've I've really learned to adapt that as part of my life. Um, that same gentleman I mentioned that I worked for, he always said, "Notice everything." So he always remembered people's name tags. He always called them by their names. I started doing that, and it just became second nature to me. It allows me to connect with people that I don't know at a level that most people don't, because it's about showing respect. It's about making the other person feel like they matter. It's not fake it's just become part of how I live. And, you know, I really, I think it's a lost art in a lot of people.
1: Yeah. And you, you said something in there that I I think is fascinating because you said it nailed me at the time. And as human beings, we're ever evolving. Mm -hmm. I guess my direct question is how often should we be looking at taking one of these assessment tools to really check in with where we're at how we've evolved and changed. Do you have a suggestion on that, brother? I'm I'm just curious. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because
0: you take the test once or assessment once. You go, Oh, that was cool. That, that was neat. How much do you t- take time to really dive into it? If you really dive into it, you might really start to un- uncover something. But you know, they say that some of these attributes don't change. They say that it's at your core, you're born this way, this is the way you stay. So some people think, Well, I've taken it, I'll never take it again. But for me, um, I'd say that uh, I do a lot of self-reflection. And I every now and then when I feel like, man, I've, I've, I'm really wanting to figure out how I can do better at building relationships or I want to figure out how I can do better at uh, uh, relating to people, I'll go back and through it. And I find that, that certain things have changed. I went through kind of a trauma in my, you know, when I mentioned the divorce, it was a very hard time in my life, very disruptive. And I found myself coming out of that. Really, my confidence was shaken and I faced some real inner struggles. And one of the things that really helped me is somebody I was talking to um, does disc certification. He he teaches the courses and he says, hey, he says, let me take you through one of my discs. I had not taken disc in years. I went through it. And all of a sudden, as I'm reading through it, it made me realize that there are certain attributes about me that I had forgotten that are strengths. Mm that are forgotten about things that I should be really focusing on. And it also made me realize that I'd done a horrible job of, of, uh, trying to understand the person on the other side of the screen that I'm talking to, or the other person that I'm shaking hands with. So I think for me, it's, it's when I feel, I, I, I'd say at least once a year, you should be doing something to measure where you are. Cause even if it hasn't changed, it's a reminder, you know? And, uh, I think it's it's helped me make connections this, in the last twelve months that I probably would have never done otherwise.
1: Yeah. Hey, you'd mentioned earlier Gallup, and one of the the studies they did recently was seventy one percent of employees are disengaged, and you even use that word engaged. Uh, being that you have that background, you have worked for this company. Mm-hmm what's your overall thought on keeping employees more engaged? I have my own top five list of how to do it and why people are disengaged. I'm really curious to see kind of your thoughts being that you've worked there and you've really dug into this. I mean, that's 10 people walking down only three really like their job. That sucks, man. So how can we improve on that, Paul? Well,
0: I think that's why you saw what people uh, term the great resignation, all these people leaving their jobs. Uh, So there's a great book out there called Ready, Fire, Aim. When I read that book, it really changed my perspective on business because I had worked for companies. Gallup's a great example of a company. When they started to grow, things changed internally. And as an employee that's been there for a long time, you're loyal to the company you know, Fridays is pizza party. Fridays is uh, you know drinks after work with co coworkers. And then all of a sudden, that stuff goes away. Um, you start to feel like, as an employee, you feel like, well, they don't appreciate me appreciate me like they once did. But when you read Ready Fire Aim, you understand that as companies grow, there are things that have to happen inside that to keep that company flourishing. So, in other words, if a company is very flat in terms of structure, you've got the owner. You maybe have a couple of senior managers, and then you've got your employees. And that's the way it is. There's not a lot of structure. Um, as the company grows, all of a sudden you have to add mid-level le- managers. You have to add people underneath other people. This person's reporting to that person. And all of a sudden, um, the top-level executives become very disconnected as what's really happening in the organization. And the people underneath at the bottom feel like they're very unappreciated because all of a sudden it's like, well, we don't even know what's going on. Decisions are being made. We are not even pulled into it. So for me, I think one way to get employees engaged, and I've consulted with companies on this, is really focus on um, doing a better job of communicating on why decisions are being made. You don't have to pull everybody in every single decision. But why are we buying this company? Why are we making this move? What does this mean to you? And I think that that uh, you know the old days of Of really toxic managers, a lot of that has gone away, but it still exists. There's still people that they think the best way to get people to do their job is to browbeat them. You know, um, I was, I was in a marriage with somebody that believed that if she wasn't raising her voice, she wasn't heard. And when you experience that, it's, uh, it becomes very damning. And I think a lot of employees feel underappreciated. And, you know, we also have a generation that is looking at business way different than we did. You know, the idea of going to work for a company and and staying there for your career and being taken care of, that just doesn't exist anymore. So I think we need to do a better job of communication within organizations and doing it in a way that people feel appreciated. I always say that everybody deserves to enjoy their time at work. Everybody enjoys, uh, deserves to feel appreciated at work. But so few
1: people really do. Yeah, no, it, that's my number one. And it's free to every one of us as a leader, as a manager, as a yeah. whatever you call yourself. I'd call them all leaders, but encourage, praise, recognize EPR, encourage, praise, recognize it's free to us. We can all do it. Just saying, hey, Paul, you did a great job on whatever it was that costs you nothing exactly. and gives them so much fulfillment and satisfaction. Can I Paul, give a good example it? of that?
0: Yeah, please, please. Okay. So I had this gentleman that worked with me when I moved to Texas, I uh, came from the West coast and I learned a lot of phrases that I never knew existed. So he, I'd taken over the sales team and there was a gentleman there that uh, the owner of the company says, Hey, he's just not really doing much. You're going to have to work with him figure out if we should even keep him on board. So I really thought this guy was not long for the company, but um, I met with him and I was talking to him about uh, what I was noticing and he says, you know, this isn't my first rodeo. I'd never heard that phrase before, and now I've heard it hundreds of times since, but it made me laugh. But in reality, he was a very experienced salesperson, but he was very unhappy in the organization. He didn't feel like anybody cared what he had to say. So I started hosting regular uh, quarterly meetings where I would bring people in from out, uh, from different territories into the company, and we'd do some training. And I realized that this gentleman, one of his challenges was he felt underappreciated. So, um, he had a pretty big win at a company that uh, we'd been working with, and uh, it was a one that he really struggled with and so i I let him present at the sales meeting on what he had done and I'll tell you what it was like uh, this light bulb clicked on all of a sudden this guy who I could have offered him more money, it would have made no difference. I could have you know bought him lunch every day it would have made no difference, but I let him showcase to others that he was valued that he was making an impact and overnight he became like a rock star he became our top salesperson and we ended up being acquired by this larger firm from france and he ended up being their number two salesperson during that time who's with them and that would have never happened if we hadn't untapped that little thing that for him mattered he wanted to feel like he mattered to the company
1: yeah, people want to be seen, heard, and appreciated. It's it's yeah. such a simple yet profound thing. Brother, I uh, I would love for people to be able to connect with you. I, again, I you and I could chat. We've done it before yeah. for long periods of time. But where can people connect with you to learn more about what you're doing with Boss Academy, uh, all the amazing things that you're bringing to the world, brother, because you bring so much?
0: I think the easiest way is just go to bossacademy.com. You can uh, reach me through there, through the contact page, or you can uh, check out what we're doing. And of course, I know you're going to share our link, my LinkedIn profile. So um, I think those are a couple of really good ways to connect with me. Yeah,
1: I, I suggest anybody in business or just looking for somebody cool to hang out with that does understand it's not his first rodeo either anymore. Uh, no, Paul is a awesome dude, brother. You, you just... You're just such a cool way about you, man. I don't know if everybody from your town of Nebraska of 365 is this cool, but you certainly no. are, man, and <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. So thank you so much for being here and sharing your your wisdom.
0: Thank you, my friend. It's always a pleasure being with you, and I thank you for
1: having me on. Uh, it's it's truly my pleasure. You guys, he does a cool mastermind. He He's done so many things, and he can – he can lift you up in ways. And again, he's not overbearing. He's not, he's just like the nicest dude. That's, and he's so knowledgeable. So, uh, don't ask my kids
0: that same question though. So, you know, don't, don't <laughs> get their input on it.
1: Oh, I'm sure they, they, uh, they, you know, dads can't know anything at they, they, You don't know shit. That's the problem to them. Well, but you know.
0: I, I did tell my kids just recently, I said there was a time when I, you guys thought I knew everything. Now you think I know nothing but I love them anyway.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that love will never go away. And someday they'll realize, hey, that's pretty smart. I've gone through the same thing as I'm sure you did. All right, you guys, until next time, make sure to share this, get it out to the world. People need to hear about Boss Academy, about Paul. Let's keep growing. Let's go win. I appreciate you all. And we'll talk to you next time. Thank you so much for listening. If this content is delivering value to you, please make sure to subscribe, rate and review us. That helps us build this community and that is what we are all about. Building this community as big as we can, helping as many people as we can and deliver as much value as possible. Be sure to head over to Let's Go letsgowinpodcast.com for information on my coaching courses and make sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Let's Go Win 365. Let's go win and transcend in life. This is the Let's Go Win Podcast
0: with your host, J.M. Ryerson.